wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I can make my dick disappear. <laughs> Davina and I'm Ricky and welcome to Fierce Slay Talk, a decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond, whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? I am so so excited for this particular episode because we have with us the Canadian queen, the fan favourite, the one who brought all the looks and all of the shade. Oh yes, she did. I wore my crustiest lace just for this particular event. It's Jimbo! Davina. Oh, welcome. How are you? I'm so excited to be here with you guys. And we're so excited to have you here. So you're currently in Mancunia, the same as yes. us, but not in the same place because you're quarantining, aren't you? Yes, I'm in self-isolation here in this oh, glorious nice. little room of mine, my little hamster cage. How has that been, just being locked in the room for, is it two weeks you have to do it for? Um, yeah, I'm on a steady diet of social media and candy, and I stay up as late as I want, and I sleep as long as I want, and <laughs> I love it. It's great. I'm just, yeah, having a fun time. I whistle out the window at the boys as they go by. Oh, hey, boys. Nice. Hey. So you've got a good view of Manchester, then? Um, I have a view of a tree and a building. Oh. That's... But um, you need you know, to go out. Okay. Have you been around Manchester before? Um, many, many years ago. Oh, okay. A lot will have changed. It's still fabulous. It's still great. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to break free and check this beautiful city out. I hear it's absolutely gorgeous. Are you doing like a Macaulay Culkin with the hotel room? On the room service and the jelly beans and the ice cream and the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> causing all yeah, sorts of trouble with the staff. Yeah, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of, like, you know, clapping on my face in the mirror. Ah! <laughs> Setting up booby traps. Yeah, like yeah. a trip on my own tits. Oh! Booby trap. <laughs> Fell over my own tits again. Oh. Oops, must be a booby trap. Which, to be fair, you're very well known for the boobs as well. Thank you. Very prominent during your season, weren't they? Do you want me to put them on for the interview? (laughs) (laughs) I've got them right here. As if by magic. Yeah. Oh my God. The boobs are making their UK debut. They are. The UK. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Massive. Thank you. These are my small set. These are my travel set. A travel set. A travel set of ticks. I mean, that is. Now that's the look right there. Yeah, it's my travel (laughs) size. You know how you have things for travel, so. (laughs) Oh my God. So, what have you been doing uh, during lockdown to kind of keep busy because obviously Canada's Drag Race has been uh, airing during lockdown so that I mean that must have been a bit weird anyway not being able to get out and do things during like COVID Um, so what have you been doing to keep 
keep yourself busy and occupied? Well, fortunately, I live on a magical island off the west coast of Canada called Vancouver Island. And on our island, we flattened our curve and we were able to have live shows. And so uh, we did socially distanced, safe viewing parties at the Victoria Event oh, Centre nice. with my sister, Vivian Vanderpuss. And we had uh, my other sisters from the show, like Alona and Starzy and Scarlet Bobo come. And it was an amazing place to just celebrate with my community that helped me get to that point. And so it was the perfect opportunity for us all to gather and to celebrate and to laugh about the show. So I was so lucky to be able to watch the show with my community that helped raise me to get there. Oh, that sounds amazing. It sounds cute. That's just yeah, nice. It was. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Ah! They was. They loved it. We all supported it. They came. They loved me. That you know, every time I entered the room, everyone screamed and screamed. It was just absolutely amazing. They were so so beautiful. And my my brothers learned this dance, this beautiful Jimbo dance that they all did. And my friend made this incredible poem. And other people made songs. And it was just incredible. Yeah, it's just been amazing. The reaction has been like. Re- overwhelmingly supportive of you, particularly out of Huge, your season, yeah. I think, you know. Partly because of the tits. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are up here, Davina. Oh, sorry. Hello. Sorry, I God. was looking at the other pupils. Um, and partly just because you uh, are just so different. And every time you walk on stage, it's different. You know, there's not... Uh, a single look you know like some girls it's a body it's a a leotard essentially yeah each time they step on stage it's a leotard but it was a completely (laughs) different silhouette every single time we saw you which was really um, I think a lot of people recognise that and they uh, respond really well to it they appreciate the fact that you know thought has really been put into this it's not just I've been given this amazing opportunity I've been given this amazing opportunity and I am going to smash it as hard as I possibly can. Um, so I think a lot of people responded. I certainly did. I mean, I'm talking for the rest of the world here, obviously. Thank you. <laughs> of course. But I think that's, you know, a big part of why people have responded to you so well. Um, while you're here in the UK, what is it that you're looking forward to doing the most? Is there like one thing that you've been going, when I'm in the UK, I must do this? Well, when I'm in the UK, the thing I want to do the most is to, I think it's just to tour around and really see like all of the beautiful history here. And, you know, there's just like, you know, it's kind of, I grew up, you know, loving stories and being a storyteller. And this uh, part of the world, especially being like in fairy tales, it's, um, you know, it's sort of mirrored in my in my hometown where I live in Victoria. But here, you know, it's this beautiful combination of the old and the new, and it feels really exciting. It feels kind of like being on a movie set. And so I just love checking out all the different parts of this country and seeing, you know, just that history and the beauty in the in the buildings and then the community around here just feels really cool. It feels very diverse every time I'm walking around. It's it's, you know, just amazing to see all the people and the volume of people and it's really exciting. So I just can't wait to get out and meet everyone here in this beautiful country or group of countries. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I bet. There's yes. a lot to see, for sure. Um, you live in Victoria, um, but you're actually from a place called London in Canada, aren't you? Yes! I'm from London, Ontario. So which what's London like? Which kind of sounds like? like London, England. 
London is conservative. Um, maybe it's changed okay. now. You know, I grew up, it was seemed a bit conservative at the time. You know, I didn't really fit in there very much. Um, I had a hard time, but you know, they're all very beautiful, loving people I'm, and everything. But I, I really found my community elsewhere um, for some reason. I'm not really sure why. But I mean, Brighouse is absolutely not like that at all where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> There's a place called Halifax in Canada as well, isn't there? Yes, because, that's right. There is. Uh, we did, I used to play violin, and they did a, a swap. So um, the orchestra from Canada came over, and we spent a week with all these Canadian people from Halifax. Cool. From Halifax Crazy. in Canada. They were amazing as well. Like they The Halifaxian. Sat, my God, they sat down and played their violins, and all of us in Halifax in the UK were like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're really known for their um, fiddling and violining and their string instruments because there's a lot of um, like Halifax and the West or the East Coast has like a, a, a gathering culture to party in their sheds. And I think it's very common there because of the those Celtic roots and things to sing and to play music. And so, yeah, it yeah. doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were amazing. And we were all like, okay, thanks for coming guys. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Were they hockey players as well as violinists by any chance? Who? The people from Canada? Yeah. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> That's what I'm interested in. <laughs> some of them, I'd, I'd have been quite happy with them smashing their puck into my goal. That would be lovely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for real. I was like, ding, ding. <laughs> Swag my G-string, kids. <laughs> ah, plunk, plunk, plunk. <laughs> oh, for sure. There isn't really a drag scene in Halifax or Brickhouse where I'm from. What's the drag scene like uh, where you're from? So um, Victoria is a beautiful community of amazing artists and performers. There's stand-up comedians and there's clowns and there's drag kings and queens. And so there's just this beautiful um, audience base there that really supports. And so it's really cool. There's a lot of alternative spaces and spaces and a lot of artists just making their own uh, spaces and shows to showcase their talents and the talents of others. And so it's a really dynamic, um, exciting drag community that is very supportive. And so, wow. yeah, it's really cool. I mean, that sounded like you were uh, auditioning for president right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I love everyone, and everyone loves each other, and let's all love each other. <laughs> Who's the bugger? That's what we want to know. Come on, where's the juicy gut? Go- okay, the bit? juicy truth is that they're all a bunch of assholes. <laughs> they're fucking assholes. No, I, I wish that, you know, that's not the truth. You know, it is true. There are assholes. Yeah. You know, there are also, you know, there is an, everyone has an asshole. It's whether they choose to show it or not. And some, you know, show it more than others. And so I, I've had the fortune of, um, you know, having a lot of good friends, but, you know, I've always had to make my own place and to always had to sort of like, you know, that's why I made a stage in my home was mm. because I wasn't generally booked in a lot of the shows around 
where I was from. So yeah, that it is an exciting community and a and a loving community. But you know, it wasn't so easy for me as well. So um, there's a little bit of shade for you. <laughs> there you go, Davina. Keep you happy. <laughs> A little bit of sugar, a little bit of spice. Yes. That's all we need yeah, in life. That's all we ask for. <laughs> oh my gosh. And now I'm sweating under these tits. <laughs> there you are. It is quite warm today. It is quite warm. Um, so you you call yourself um, Jimbo the Drag Clown, but you have actually trained as a clown. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was sort of my connection to performance when I really truly understood um, what I the, what I could get out of performance and how to um, really connect with an audience um, in a way that felt exciting and truthful and not, um, you know, before I was really stuck on this idea that comedy, you have to preconceive <clears throat> what an audience is going to think is funny and then you've got to practice that until you know it and then you're going to deliver it because you've thought of it and you've practiced it and they're going to laugh when you think they're going to laugh and that whole process was um, really held me back because I'm not really this big planner, writer, prolific um person that's going to sit down and be like, oh, da, 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 da. I'm really about like, what is the fun in the moment? And so that's what the clown is about. It's about just being truthful. It's about being present in the moment. And it's about finding what is funny about the scenario or the character with your audience at the same time. And so you're not sort of, you're not thinking ahead of time, oh, people are going to laugh when I say this. You laugh with the people as you both see it for the first time. And that's uh, my favorite. So that's clowning. And that's why I'm called a drag clown is because the essence of my drag is in clowning. Is there, and you've managed to sort of make that a unique act for yourself now? Um, I don't think it's 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 unique in that I, it's it's how I identify myself. But I mean, it's not unique. It's an ancient art form. The clown is is one of the oldest types of performer in history. There was clowns in native history. There's ancient ancient clowns and clowns were given this basic this sort of um special past to be a mirror for society and to you know the clown was often you know the court jester they were invited into the kings and the queen's courts and they were invited in as a mirror for society and they were given this past where they were able to sort of talk about things and joke about things so that everyone could look at them and think about them without being um you know without getting in trouble for doing that and so um yeah and framing that so we're going to go a little bit deep here. Uh, framing that <laughs> in terms of drag, you know, saying I am a clown, uh, rather than, you know, there's this, these old terms about being a female illusionist I'm, or a female impersonator. Whereas, so in terms of Jimbo the clown, what's the, uh, the, the thought process behind that and the kind of political, because there is a political statement being made there. I'd, I'd just like you to kind of expand on that for us. You know, what is it about your thoughts and gender and identity and, you know, all of that stuff? Because I feel like that will inform where the name comes from. Is it maybe? I don't know. 
Um, well, I would say, you know, like politically drag is a political statement and you're kind of going against all of the social norms and all of the things that we are ingrained as young people about our gender, about our sexuality and about um, how our success will be tied to our successful um, being that gender. And so I was always told that to be a successful boy, man, I need to be a straight man. And so by dressing as a woman, which my dad taught me, uh, which uh, didn't have a lot of power, that was something that was shameful. And so by taking power of my sexuality and of my freedom and of my voice, and by displaying myself on an international stage as something I was told not to be, is a political act. And I want to just encourage everyone to be themselves and to live fearlessly and to spread whatever message that is, which I think is political in a way. Um, but I guess, you know, anytime someone's going against social norms and causing conversations around sexual se sexuality, you know, I, I love my big tits. I love, um, you know, I love the sexual aspect of myself and I think I like that because it was so taboo for so long and so, you know, I really want to change and sort of normalize sexuality and normalize people's sexual identity so that there isn't a lot of shame tied up with identity and tied up with acceptance and tied up with, the, you know, this idea of success in this world. Great. Because these are the conversations yeah. that we're having right now as well. You know, the, this, these ideas that you're talking about right now are the conversations that are happening, particularly here. You know, America's had their third wave of feminism. They've rejected the idea that trans women cannot be part of the group. Then that's been pushed over here. So these are the conversations which are happening here. You know, we're still waiting for third wave feminism in the UK to catch up with where <laughs> America's sort of led us. Um, and then in terms of Jimbo, is there a story behind uh, why you're called Jimbo? Or was that just a plucked out of the air? Oh, I like the sound of that. Well, Jimbo is a synonym for the name James, and my birth name is James. And so as a boy, my dad called me Jimbo, or he would sing this song, Jimbolina. Jimbolina, Jimbolina, how I love you. But he would also be severely abusive. So that's one of my positive memories. And so um, as I got older and I moved out west to be with my partner at the time, his name was Hank, or is Hank. And uh, he started calling me Jimbo. And slowly all of my friends started to call me Jimbo. And it really, I really liked the familiarity. The um, it's sort of this. It's a nickname, but it's my first name that I go by, that I identify by, and it was me basically sort of breaking down that sort of time where you don't really know is someone a friend. Can you call them a nickname? Can you? And so I like to just skip that arbitrary number of coffees you have by the time you are my nickname <laughs> friend, and I like to just go call me by Jimbo, and I also have a really bad memory, and so I just like to pretend I know people already. And so I just say, nice to see you, and let's just move on. <laughs> and, you know, I like to just be friends and move on without the whole, like, getting to know someone. You know, I like to get to know them as a friend organically. And, you know, yeah. when I started performing, um, I do go by other names. I usually am billed as Jimbo, but then introduced by a character name. You know, I do a character, Tiny Tina, this expressive bodybuilder, or, you okay. know, my Joan Rivers, or I come out as, um, you know, <laughs> Brethany, the blow-up doll. And so, 
I have all these characters. And so I didn't like this idea that I would have to be the same person every time. Yeah. I would be, you know, if I'm like Sally Cowgirl or whatever, I can't, I can't be Sally Cowgirl and be, you know, an opera singer that looks like a giant toad. Or I guess I could, but I would rather just be in myself and then explore who that is and then name who I am, whoever I feel like at that night. And so when I was on Drag Race, I wanted them to change my name every night on the screen to who I felt that night. They said, no, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you need to be Jimbo every night. And I was like, I am Jimbo every night, but this character is called Maxi Maximum or this character you know, is X, Y, Z. But yeah. they said, no, 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 you have yeah. to be just Jimbo. And so um, you know, applying for the show, I thought, oh, maybe I need to have a funny name that's a joke about my big vagina or something. But in the end, I just thought it's simpler for me to just be... Jimbo than it is to be, you know, Brenda McFat Tits or whatever I wanted to be. Right. Did any of the outfits that we got to see you in, um, were they intended for characters? Like, have we sort of seen some of those or are they completely different outfits altogether? Um, Well, basically the the, the looks that I brought for the runway are runway looks. And so I've since taken them from the runway and developed a show around them. And so if you come to my shows while I'm here in the UK, you'll see how I've developed that character into a show. And so they, the start there, you know, they didn't, only when I am given the opportunity to really see the boundary of a character does it really develop into a character. And so for, um, for a lot of the looks presented on the show, I haven't taken them out into a performance setting. They've mostly just been presenting sort of an artistic version of myself. Because I kind of went out the show as almost like a 10-piece um, sort of art show, where it's like each look was this piece of art representing a different facet of my imagination and myself. Perfect. So one one thing that you both have in common, you and Davina, is that you got to represent your country in the first edition of your nation's drag race. Um, did you feel yes. extra pressure then, um, you know, being the first Canada? I did. You know, I knew that the, you know, the reception of this first season is what uh, allows the following season. So if we didn't do a good job, then all of our entire country and sister of other drag queens don't get to do what we did. I could be going, you fucked it up for us, you fucking bitch. <laughs> you fucking fucked it up. <laughs> you fucked it up. <laughs> and so I didn't, you know, I, I really want to do a good job. And, you know, I was basically working towards that moment and this opportunity for my entire life. So you know, in one way or another, really, I, I really have. A, my first memories I have are making mannequins and putting clothes on them and being interested in fashion and beauty and all of those things. So, um, you know, it really was a combination of my entire life's work to get to that point. And so I was, it's an absolute honor to be chosen, to be seen, to be lifted, to be um, exposed to this world and to be able to spread a message and to, you have to really have a voice that's able to um, affect change and love and joy in the world. So I feel so lucky. Oh, amazing. Well, you were really well received anyway. Yeah, and all of us are very lucky to have got to meet you. Ah, oh, Davina! We are! Um, oh my god. Your, your entrance look was um, very different Thank you. to everything that we've seen before. Um, you know, I went for like, oh, I just walked in off the street, and you went for like crazy black and white clown, 
and it and then also with like a very specific chosen voice. There's yeah. been some decisions made here. Oh wow! So, oh my goodness! So how? <laughs> I can make my dick disappear. <laughs> so, like, tell talk me through the process because there's you know there's two schools of thought with your entrance look. It can either be like nothing because all your look looks are going to take you through the rest of it. And so you come through and people think that they know you there and you shock them each week. Or you come through and it's, here it is. Here's something to remember straight away. So how did you make those choices? So I knew that I wanted to really show, you know, that's part of the excitement for me is, is, is the reputation that I will do something different and that I will, you know, that you're not going to get bored and you're not going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, I really want to push myself and I really want um, to, yeah, to connect through the art. So every opportunity, my promotion, my promo look, I want to be that beautiful white ice queen. And then I wanted my entrance look. I knew that would be the first time the world sees me as this sort of, like, powerful, like, ice diva witch with all the sparkles and like the intensity and then I knew that I wanted the next time that they see me to be soft and to be funny and to be to represent differently so that people really got a sense of oh look this is you know another facet of this performer and then the next time I came and the next time I came and the next time I came every single time it was a different side of myself and I really wanted to I have a big story in my head um, with a lot of a lot of elements and so I really did want to look at the show as a really a, a great way for me to give you know a whole bunch of versions of myself and to really push myself as far and as hard as I could. So that look is inspired because Mickey Mouse is one of my my deepest um, connections and memories going to Disneyland waiting for Mickey Mouse and I was literally the next kid to meet him and he walked away for his fucking break. And Oof, Mickey Mouse and I had waited in that fucking sunshine oh and I still remember just the tales of his coat as he walked away towards the castle and I was like no Oh my god! <laughs> and then they were like, "Oh, don't worry, because Minnie Mouse is coming." And I was like, "I don't no, fucking want that bitch." I don't fucking care about making <laughs> Minnie fucking Mouse. And so, you know that he's. I have pictures and dolls of him all over my house, and I love Mickey. I, you know, I hope he's watching and that he. Is I'm sure he ups, is. You know that he feels yeah, bad. That he's he a big fan. Walked away, but. Um, <laughs> I also just love Mickey and so I wanted to bring in Mickey and then I wore my diamond, my rhinestone gloves. Those were to represent Michael Jackson who, you know, Michael, I love his music and aside from all of his controversy, he really did have this beautiful message and a lot of his music which was about um, joy, which was about connectivity, which is about, um, you know, just being human and spreading love. So. I was wearing sparkly diamond gloves for Michael. And then I want to look, you know, I had my big breasts and I, and I love, I love like darkness and I love Alvira and I love clown. And so I really want to pull in all those things. I want to take Mickey. I want to make him dark. I want to make him into this sort of dominatrix slut. And then I wanted to be, 
within that body and then be light and playful and harmless and be this juxtaposition between all of the things, the masculine, the feminine, the cartoon, the dominatrix, the lightness and the darkness. And you know, if you have all of those places to go within a character, then you can really have a lot of fun um, with, yeah, where you take your audience. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> a lot of yeah, it really was. <laughs> I think it's like one of the most watched um, entrances, isn't it, on YouTube? <laughs> yeah. Or something. That and, oh my God. Yeah. That and uh, oh. standing on top of the snow mountain screaming. Yeah. <laughs> screaming my head off. I mean, just yeah. so funny. So funny. Thank and ex you. one of the most watched exits as well, apparently. Yes, I have the most. Which doesn't exit. surprise me at all. Miss <laughs> Vanjie oh. messaged me, she passed the crown. Oh, oh. So when you when you walked out into the workroom, uh, quite a lot of queens already knew each other, but you didn't. Do you think like that was an advantage, maybe? Um, I think that it was both an advantage and a disadvantage. Um, I, being the unknown person, I really was fighting the whole time. And so, you know, if someone doesn't believe in me or if someone is doubting me, I will try 10 times harder. And if someone's not seeing me and if it's not happening, I will try 10 times harder. And so because of that, I really, I was never feeling safe. I was never going like, oh, you know, I can just, you know, put on this little thing and just like skip around. I was like, no, I have to be the best version of myself. And I have so much riding on this because no one knows who the fuck I am. And so I have to show them who I am. And some of the other girls, they had, um, you know, reputations, they had huge follower bases they had connections to the judges that helped sort of create a bigger picture of who they were and when the judges were watching their presentation or watching who they are they were judging them based on that moment but also based on their history with them and because I had no reputation or history with any of the Queens judges or anybody anywhere <laughs> so I just really had to be judged on what I brought in that moment and and what I show what I showed to those judges and so I was I was judged on a much more smaller uh, basis than than some of the other queens I think uh, one of the sort of reasons Canada has been talked about so much why Canada's drag race has been talked about so much is um, I think some of that was um, clearer to an audience that some of the critiques and the judging itself was a bit off. Um, I mean, specifically, the the one for me, like, I really enjoyed Rita Bagger all the way through the competition. I thought she was really, really impressive. Even with a crusty lace, I still enjoyed her. Ah, she um, is ah. absolutely incredible. <laughs> but the first week, when she comes out in the coat, which is amazing... But then she throws the coat on the floor and she's in what is essentially an unhemmed blue shiny bin bag. And then they talk about it was beautifully tailored. It fit her body like a glove. And I was like, what the fuck are you watching? Because I am not watching the same thing as you. Clearly, there's either something has happened on the on the cameras that we can't see or this judging is really off. And there was definitely a lot of, uh, not, I mean, I mean, yeah, 
actually, I would say, there was bashing heads definitely with, with some judges on the show. Um, so what was it like being there? At, sometimes judges say things because they have somebody in their ear telling them to say things. So what's it? what was it like for you being in that moment, having that experience where some of what they said was just clearly not what was reality? <laughs> I said what I said, guys. I just said what I said. Yes. That's why I'm blacklisted. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I haven't agreed with what a lot of people have said to me my whole fucking life. And so I've had to fight and fight and fight and to say, no, this is my vision. This is what I see. This is what I see for myself. And this is what I'm going to do for myself. And so, of course, you know, I thought this was going to be the one magical time where I skip or doodle in with all of my legendary looks and just snatch every win all the way until I get the crown. And they were just going to clap, clap, clap and just be like, yes, baby, yes, what's up? next but you know they made me fight they made me fight and so um I, at the end of the day i really do take the audience's response as the judge and as a clown the audience is who i am doing it for me and my audience and so you know the runway and that whole experience when there's no audience and you're kind of presenting to these three people but you're also presenting to these cameras and all you can do is walk in down the row and then turn and go the other way you know it's it's all kind of this bizarre scenario and so you know when their critiques were kind of bizarro i kind of just chalked it up to this is life in tv and you know anytime you thought something was going to happen it would be something different to keep us on our toes and so i took it all with a big giant grain of salt and what i really you know what i think about is what the judges faces look like when i turn that corner when i when they first saw me and they haven't said anything you know, that I saw their faces and I could see their response and I could see them grab each other and I could see them gasp. And, you know, so it was those initial moments that I really hold on to that I really go, okay, I see how you actually respond to that. And so I, you know, that was, I love that. And, you know, mostly hearing what the audience says, that's what I stick to. And I love Jeffrey, Stacy, and Brooklyn. And I hope that they, um, yeah, I hope that they had a, an amazing experience and that it didn't, it wasn't too intense for them. You know, it was, it was a really intense lashback at them. And so, um, yeah, I, I really ended up feeling for them. I kind of thought like, why the hell is this all about the judges when we're the fucking drag queens? Like what about, yeah. you know, some of the judges yeah. got more, you know, all the judges all the got more air that. times than some of the drag queens, you know, some of the sisters yeah. that, you know, it was their dream come true. And then they're talking about the judges more than they're talking about um, the drag queens that are, that are wanting to be talked about. So I thought the judges kind of took up a little bit too much space. <laughs> you heard it here <laughs> so that there were even um following on from that there were even petitions to get you back into the workroom and to remove jeffrey as a judge what did you think of those well i'm too busy i can't <laughs> i'm an international superstar um yeah i'm touring the world now um i'm gonna have my own shows and no of course i would be honored to go back and to work with them and to do um judging 
I, I practiced when I was there. I, I when, One time when the judges left their spot in the workroom, I ran over. I got out of that lineup and I, <laughs> and I stood in it. And I was like, this is how it fucking feels. I'm the motherfucking judge. Yeah, bitch. But then um, they told me to get back in the line and to get out of that spot. And then they had to have someone come and scrub the floor for the judges cause, so they could stand where I was. Just kidding. They did. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? Davina, you should have tried to do that for the voice. Yeah, I should. Yeah. I should have really said uh, you don't need Paloma Faith because um, <laughs> I don't need to dye my roots. But was so then was did you never see fine. the chairs unoccupied ever? <laughs> no, no, no. Like the voice. Oh is right, okay. Like you're there. You're in. You're out. You're shoved out on stage. You okay. do your thing, and then you're shoved out the back door. Or at least I was shoved yeah. out the back door. <laughs> Get out and never come back, bitch. <laughs> Bye. Did they call you a car? <laughs> no. Have a safe journey. The bus is in ten minutes. <laughs> now, you were filmed eating in the, the workroom, which hasn't oh, yeah. really been seen before. Um... I mean, we we weren't really allowed to eat in the workroom, I don't think. I mean, we certainly weren't allowed to eat on camera. There was no eating on camera. So how did you how did you manage to get away with that? Well, I was, you know, I was kind of sneaky the whole time, doing sneaky little this, sneaky little that. You know, I had to do this and that to survive in there. So I can't really talk about all the sneaky things I did. <laughs> But one of them was I snuck in a bit of my sandwich onto my makeup tray because it was really hard for me to, um, yeah, to find the right times to eat with the, you know, the work schedule and then the food and then, you know, the, you know how it is. And very, so, very yeah, so it was difficult. And a lot of the times we'd be already all dressed and then it's like time to eat. And I'm like, well, I can't eat you know when i my nails are like daggers and you know it stabs your <laughs> eyes every time you try and go close to them so i snuck that little sandwich in and i hid it on the, my cart and then i ducked down and i i kept forgetting we were making a show i kept forgetting that we were on the show unless it was like this is the challenge look at the camera this is t we're making the show the rest of the time i got kind of caught up in it and so i really did do exactly what i was doing i was knelt down by my cart and i was munching on my little sandwich and then while i I was eating I kind of popped up behind my cart to watch the girls and I was just like eating the sandwich and watching the girls paint and and then they busted me the camera came over and they're like what are you doing and I was like ah just eating my sandwich and watching the girls and you know the people just loved it because yeah I guess yeah that's what I was doing yeah well I mean it's you know the first time in drag race history somebody eating oh my god <laughs> Well, I hope you know that some uh, some of the future girls get to eat on camera too. <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe they, you could have started I, a trend. I lost so much weight doing that show because oh my god, because it was a it's a you know they bring you food right before you're about to go on the runway or forty minutes before yeah. you go on the runway. You've only got two hours to get ready, so how am I going to fit in twenty minutes of eating and then put a corset on and then finish my nails yeah. and glue my wig on and. So no. I, I lost about a stone. So that finale <laughs> dress that I had, I had to um, get uh, gaffer tape and I gaffer taped around my body and then I twisted it round so the gaffer tape, the sticky part was outside. And then I gaffered like that and then hoiked the dress up and stuck it round Oh, myself. genius. 
Because I'd lost so much weight, it just sort of went oh, like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's a good tip. Well, yeah, I mean, but only if you spent, you know, however long it is you spend in drag race. We're not supposed to tell you. Three weeks. Um, it, only if you spend, <laughs> it, only if you spend that time not eating, you know. So there you go. I certainly gained weight afterwards. You know, when we went into COVID, I was like, oh my God, how am I ever going to fit my costumes for the summer tour? I was like, Jesus, I was just eating and crying. <laughs> Same. Same. I just ate and cried as well. So That was locked down. Everybody's been in the same boat, haven't we? Everybody has been there. Now you have, um, in Canada, you have a, a particularly... A attractive prime minister. I mean, we wouldn't know what that's like because the no. most attractive <laughs> prime minister we've had was Tony Blair, and he looked like he had teeth that had been smashed out with a hammer. So, uh, and he's also been very supportive of the gay community. You know, he's marched in pride yeah. parades and stuff like that. Um, and he seems to be a fan of Canada's Drag Race. Is that right? Yeah, he is. He's a he's a big fan of drag. Oh my goodness. I like, know he's a real I, cutie. I I can't I can't imagine what that would feel like having a prime minister who is a fan of you know what you do because we have we have Boris Johnson who is essentially Trump Mark Two. He's the the worst version. <laughs> oh my god! The gosh. less successful version. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I I don't know much about Boris, but you know with a name like Boris, it can go either way. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and no offense is, to Boris's out there. There's a lot of great Boris's, I'm no, sure. That was. But no, he is no very kind of Boris. a bit like Boris Bogtrotter in that he's overweight Ooh. and also very stupid. <laughs> ah, yeah. Well, I love that last Here name, Bogtrotter. Yeah, where did that come from? From Matilda. Oh, is it? Boris Bogtrotter from Matilda. Boris, oh. Boris, Boris. And he's got to eat the whole cake. Eat the whole cake! Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I, I love do when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, um, this Mr. Trudeau has uh, been in pride parades and all sorts. Yeah, you know, I think he's yeah. a little bit gay. I'm, you heard it here first, but I think he's a bit gay. I mean, I, I wouldn't be upset about just introducing. Think he is, isn't he? Yeah. Or is he not? Is it not confirmed? No, he's I married. I think we're all a bit married? gay. Yeah, we are all a bit gay. Everyone's a bit gay. Who's the one I'm thinking of? Oh, I, the Irish one. Oh, Leo. Um, yeah, what's his name? Ashley McIsaac. No, he's got this guy called Leo. I don't know, begins with a Leo V. Varadka. I need to watch more of the new. That's him. Leo <laughs> oh. Yeah, he is <laughs> alright as well. Yeah. I'm terrible with names, me. On the radio, I once had to name the presidential candidate, and I was like, but I literally couldn't say his name. By the end, he was just J Dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I've also gone by J Dog. <laughs> so, what was your favourite thing since Drag Race that's happened? Um, connecting with all of the fans and all of my sisters, like you and some of my sisters from America, you know, just really um, my dream coming true about being a part of the Drag Race family and about having this platform to use my art and to really align myself and my career path and my artistry and my voice and my vision and my storytelling. So it's basically a culmination of everything I've ever dreamed of and worked for coming together. And now it's just all um, wonderful possibility. And so it's all a dream come true. 
And has there been uh, anybody who you've been a huge fan of who's reached out to you and just said, watching you, think you're amazing, da 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 You know, like here, I... Oh, yeah, um, come on. I had Sam Smith the other day had messaged me and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, but he'd been into our <laughs> nightclub and my husband has no idea who anybody is. So he charged him six pounds in. So, <laughs> so when he messaged me, I said, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I owe you six pounds for when you came to Void Nightclub in Manchester. Um, when I meet you, I'll give it you back. <laughs> oh, my God. Keep so, the change. Yeah, exactly. There you go, girl. Um, so has there been anybody like that who you've been a big fan of who has uh, just reached out and gone, I'd, I'd really just, you know, or, because it happens a lot, doesn't it? You know, people just sort of send a message or tweet you or like something and you go, oh. Yeah, the, it, it happened lots. You know, it happened a lot on social media, watching, you know, Trixie Mattel posted my picture on her Instagram, yeah. which was so cool, and Violet Chachki tweeted that, you know, hold, Jimbo said, hold my purse. You know, she loved <laughs> that, that fight I had with, um, Rita and I had messages. I like the warm up. The warm up ah. argument was my favorite. I think you should just be quiet. Well, maybe I will be quiet. Well, maybe you should. I oh, will be quiet yeah. then. Go on then. I will. Oh, yeah. I know. That was awesome. She was like, well, maybe I will shut my mouth. And I'm like, perfect. Thank you. That's what I'm asking for. It was I the know. most Canadian argument ever. Oh. Well, Alona's really sweet. She's really spicy, but she's really sweet. And so, you know, she, in those moments where she's being like that, she also ha is very intelligent and self-aware. So she probably was just like, yeah, okay, maybe I should shut up then. And I was like, yeah, you probably fucking should shut up, you fucking bitch. And she was like, well, fuck you, you fucking help. And then I just sipped my drink and I was like. I love sipping every time, you know, I love having a drink now with a straw and just, you know, every time you just sip it and you look around. It's my favorite feeling. Yeah. <laughs> look at that Kit Kat clock. That's how I feel like all the time. So how, how long have you got left of this quarantine, Jimbo? Um, I'll be out of here this weekend. Perfect. Are you excited about getting in front of a UK audience? Oh my God, yes, I cannot wait. I want to get out there. I want to see everyone. I've heard, you know, there's so many fans here. and We're horrible. Just... Tell them, Davina. <laughs> Tell them. Get yourself out there. I, I'm going to try and come to Manchester. I really want to come and see you at Fred. I'm Island. trying to persuade you. <sighs> I'm so ready. I'm totally going to come. <laughs> but I might just climb over the wall. Well, no, I've got you tickets already. Oh, really? Oh, perfect. Yeah, I'm definitely coming. Oh, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> Free, free tickets, yes, perfect, yeah. woohoo! <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to come and see it. It's so weird, isn't it, as a drug artist, because you so rarely get to see anybody else work, mm. you know, because you just, you have to go and do your thing and then you have to go somewhere yeah. else. So you, you yeah. never actually yeah. get to see work very often. And then, you know, I rarely get to see shows either because... You know, like stage shows, proper stage shows, because mm -hmm. you're fucking working. When they're on, yeah. you're working. So, um, yeah, this will be a nice treat. Yeah, yeah. I'm and really your, some of your sisters will be there. Vinegar Strokes is gonna be there. Oh, the I love Bid her. Is gonna be there. <laughs> yeah. Rock oh, Sakura. 
And so, yeah, it's going to be so oh, much yeah. fun. Donna Trump is coming. I'm so excited. Oh, we love Donna as well. She's great. Donna's bonkers. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, and Juno said she might come. And Oh, did she? I've never met yes. Juno, so that would be great. Yeah, oh, be and good, Licorice sorry. Black. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of wonderful people coming. So I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. And it's Andrew, the, the promoter's birthday that night. So it's just going to be oh, a huge amazing. celebration. There we go. Okay, well, I better bring yeah. the birthday cake. Yeah, I brought him too. Yeah. <laughs> I just giggle and shake my tits at the window. We need to keep up to date with Jim. Where can we find you? Yeah, where can we find you, girl? So you can find me on my Instagram, Jimbo the Drag Clown, or you can follow me on Twitter, also Jimbo the Drag Clown, or you can look on my YouTube channel, which is the House of Jimbo, or you can go to my website, www.houseofjimbo.com. And I'm also launched a Kickstarter for a new show I'm making called The House of Jimbo, which will be filmed in oh, my home awesome. studio and feature me and casts of amazing people. Maybe Davina will be on the show. I'd I be so honored you. to have you. And it's basically going to be kind of like a Pee Wee's Playhouse um, with animation and kind of um, bizarro things happening with drag and clowns. So, yeah, that's a Kickstarter. It's the links in my... Um, in my Instagram and I'll send it to you as well. Perfect. We can put that in here. Absolutely. Thank you. Jimbo, it has been such a joy chatting with you. So fun. What a dream to to meet you in real life. Everyone always compares me to you. What do you, how do you feel about that? I think it's the other way. Everyone compares me to you and nothing compares to you, darling. Nothing nothing compares (laughs) to you. <laughs> now, where's a picture of the Pope for me to burn? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it's been brilliant. such a joy chatting. Um, and yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Jim. I'll get to catch up with you at the live show. Amazing. Yes, I can't wait. And thank you for that lovely time, you guys. Lovely time. I love you, Davina, and thank you, Ricky and Connor. That was so fun. Yeah, I had so much fun. Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it, you got it. I won't hold back. Come snatch it, come take it. All yours right off the rack. No wanting, no waiting. You shake me down, you touch it, you taste it, come take me here and now. Try it and buy it, the top of the stack, bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now. Take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you've got it, it's yours. Right now, right now.